Hey, all you nature nerds. This is You're Gonna Die Out There. Welcome back, nature nerds, to another episode of You're Gonna Die Out There. This is Jen. I'm trying to use my most soothing voice. Your NPR voice? Yes. (laughs) Some big news today. I'm here with my co-host, Megan. Hello. (laughs) Hello, Jen. (laughs) Oh, we we thought to maybe mention that if you hear again chewing in the background, Sammy, my new, not so new dog, is chewing a bone, which is better than what she usually does, which is talk back. She's uh, so. she's a lot, and we're doing our best to accommodate her. So she's <laughs> this is as quiet as we can get it. So yeah, yeah. she's been fed. She's pooped. Just, we're moving forward. The cats have been fed, so she doesn't have to worry about them. Yes, we apologize she for, for any background noises. Yeah, but here we go. So how are you doing today, go. Megan? Um, I'm really great, Jen. Uh, did you know that it is now September? <laughs> I did. It's September, and I recently learned. I never knew this. Okay, uh-huh, that uh-huh. in the Philippines, uh-huh. people in September, if it's a burr month, they put up their Christmas tree. Christmas is now. A burr month. I've never heard that before, yeah, but yeah. I love it. Uh, it what Christmas, am I? Wait, they're bypassing it's, Halloween? <laughs> it's Christmas now. Wait, can in they, the Philippines. could you put up a tree? Yeah. Decorate it for Halloween. That's what. Okay. So this is where, this is where I'm leading, Jen, is that uh-huh. I'm going to go ahead and put up my tree. I'm going to decorate it for Halloween. I'm going to decorate it for Thanksgiving. I'm going to decorate it for Christmas. The cats are going to be so happy. That's hardcore. <laughs> I think that's what I'm going to do. You're not hardcore unless you live hardcore, Megan. That's right. That's right. <laughs> You're not hardcore unless you live hardcore. In uh, the elegant words of Jack Black. That's um, great. Yeah, that's... I kind of love that. And right? I'm slightly jealous. I want to go back to Home Depot and get the Ursula blow-up. I don't know why. You have to do it. Because I just thought it was really cool. It's amazing. Yeah. I think uh, you should get it. Okay. Honestly. So my kids... We've seen some decorations and my kids are like, is it time? Can it's, we do it? It's time. Apparently it is. It's time. It's a burr month. It's a burr month. You can do it. You can decorate for Christmas right now. No one can say anything. Wow. Mm-hmm. But then you have to have it down by January 6th. The epiphany. Or else that's when like in the movie Ghost, when all the demons come up and like pull you down to hell. <laughs> that's right. That's that's right. right. It's like because you left your Christmas stuff up too late. If it's January 7th, that's what's going to happen. It's over. So live with that fear. You will go to hell immediately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> good times. <laughs> so, yeah. Everybody go put your, you know, whatever, your holiday decorations Just up now. do it. Let's do it. The Philippines is so amazing. I, You know what? I, I like the dedication. Love Christmas too. I love the dedication. Yeah. But yeah, I, I confirmed with some folks at our office who are, they're Filipino, uh-huh, right? I was uh-huh. like, is this a true thing? They were like, 100% it's a true thing. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so. So we can start, start playing. Well, we are listening to some Halloween music. The oh, kids there you are go. into it. Perfect. But. My youngest listens to, she will listen to Christmas music all year round if she could. She sings it to herself all year round. That's hardcore. And I think it's because her, well, she lives hardcore. That's true. <laughs> so I think it's because her oh, birthday is in December. Yeah, yeah. And so she gets, it's like doubly excited. She's like, this is the, this That's is her the magical soundtrack. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> soundtrack to her favorite month of the year. Exactly. So she's like, let's just live it all year long. Uh-huh. I love it a lot. She waits. It's a it's a good thing. It's a good time. So you got a story for us today, Megan. I do, Jen. In case you forgot, uh-huh. today 
uh, we are recording our hundredth episode. Whoa! I forgot. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh, you guys! One well, that doesn't include episodes. all the bonus episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, if we're like all the ones that we number, or the nature nuggets, sure, or yeah. the science news. <laughs> but I'm like, why do I feel like it's so much more than a hundred? <laughs> <laughs> That's why. <laughs> I mean, it's been three years, and it took us that long to get to a hundred. Just slowly but surely getting there. <laughs> it's fine. Oh. Don't worry about it. I think we may have, we may have reached a hundred listeners. Wouldn't that be amazing? Just kidding. If we have a hundred listeners, <laughs> we've gotten there. Yeah. I hope what, so. What? Yeah. So for our hundredth episode, I, you know, I didn't actually pick anything really special. Uh-huh. I don't know. It's kind of special. I've been thinking about this a lot. They're all special, Megan. Right. As we get older, Jen, you know, there's going to be types of vacations that we want to take. Mm-hmm. You know, all inclusive. Mm-hmm. type vacations yeah and you know i was like how dangerous are cruises right well, and i've always thought i think it depends on who you go with right well yeah, <laughs> this is true don't go with your ex i mean i read some stories about oh yeah people being murdered. like this is not a place to make up no yeah. definitely not definitely not but let me, let me just throw some statistics at you real quick okay just something small from 2000 to 2018 284 people have gone overboard or fallen off cruise ships 41 have fallen off large ferries. Wow. So there's that. In any given month, approximately two people go overboard, and between 17% and 25% are rescued. That's a real low percentage. So I was thinking to talk about this. I was Mm -hmm. reading about, but it's so sad and weird and tragic about this kid that fell off a party boat. Oh. And there's video and pictures. He was, they were all kind of like having way too much fun, probably a lot of drinks and things. And I don't know if he jumped off or fell off. I, you know, people get really drunk and do crazy stuff. And yeah. he went under the water and never resurfaced. Uh, and they think they saw a shark, like an image of a shark in grab the water. Him or something like yeah, that. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's just so creepy. <clears throat> it's scary. It's really scary. Yeah. And, I, and I've always thought, like, what about a riverboat cruise? You know, like those European riverboat cruises? Uh-huh. I think I mentioned them before, like on an episode where, like, that would be the one kind of cruise I would take because it's, like, slow and you're just chilling. It's really small. The boats are small. Uh-huh. But I think after reading all these stories, I'm like, no, I don't think the all-inclusive vacation. I worry about, more about the diarrhea aspect. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And falling off the ship. <laughs> all those people stuck on ships uh, during COVID. <laughs> just, just they couldn't leave. Yeah. Just on a ship. Just on a ship or on a plane going to Barcelona for a wonderful uh, vacation oh, in Spain. Oh. And then just recently, another plane... Where someone had like thrown up on the seat and then they made passengers after that person sit in it the wasn't wet cleaned throw well. up seat. Yeah. What is going on with planes, you guys? I, Everybody I, stop traveling. <laughs> I, I don't know because I've told the story of my daughter when she was two and she had I love that explosive story. diarrhea and it came up out of her diaper <laughs> into the seat. It went on the floor mm-hmm. in front of the... I mean, it was almost... We were almost... A biohazard. Were, a biohazard. It probably was. When I looked at that, I was like, I think we were a biohazard. <laughs> you were like, I think we were close enough. comparable. <laughs> we were close enough to the bathroom. That, right, and I had, right. luckily, just enough wipes, baby wipes, to get it all cleaned up. So good. And I was frantically cleaning. And it was a baby, like a two-year-old, yeah. you know? So I think people yeah. were like, okay. But I did read more into this. Well, uh, yeah, I kind of wanted to know... I want to know who it is. We should take a, just a moment. 
Okay. <laughs> we should Let's talk just, about before it. we get, just, yeah because we're talking about travel it's, talking it's, about tra- it's, it's it fits yeah it's 100 okay 100 yeah when i first saw that i sent you uh, i sent a screenshot to you and yeah. i was like what the hell yeah. and then we posted it on like a reel or something like uh-huh. or on Story. stories yeah and i was like that's insane also that it's a delta flight and initially i was like oh somebody just like pooped what like right after takeoff or something no two hours in which it means hit, hit hard. That means everybody was on the plane for at least, if not longer, two yeah. hours yeah. back. Yeah. And it was like, and then you saw the aftermath video of like the trail. She was not a one-stop shopper. Was it a woman? It was a woman. I, oh, I no. do know it was a woman. Uh, that I could gather. And I and um <laughs> yeah, because I saw where the woman had explosive mm-hmm. diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All I can say is I've traveled through Ecuador. Yeah. With some friends. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I've had some explosive diarrhea. Sure. And, and, you know, like, you can get sick. Yeah. And what do you do when you're on a plane? What if someone was in the bathroom? Like, what if she's just, just like, waiting? What if she was sleeping? Oh, God. And she woke up and it was just there. Pain. It yeah. was like, it was it was coming out. She couldn't stop it. She's running, she's running, walking, getting to the bathroom. Probably trying to be really calm. Like, I'm not having a full emergency right now. Yeah. But yeah. she was. Yeah. And it just happened. I just feel sorry for her. How? Horribly sorry. Well, yeah. I'm glad that there... I haven't seen any kind of, like, social media video of someone videoing the incident happening, which yeah. makes me really happy. Because, yeah. you know, like, usually nowadays you see people have taken a video of someone, like, losing their minds on a plane. Right. Right? Or some, like, crazy racist thing that happens. And everybody's, like, filming it. So you get, like, eight different angles. Right? I'm like, and thank God the thing no is, Guaranteed that. this was not intentional. No. Guaranteed it was a full accident. Yes. And it's very embarrassing. Medical emergency. Medi- it is. I think. And it's just it's yeah. just unfortunate for for her and right. everybody. But you know, it just it happens, doesn't it? It's true. It's true. People have accidents. Right? It's totally okay. <laughs> Virtual hug to that lady. Ex- honestly. So sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry that happened to you. I hope you're feeling better. <laughs> yeah. But the comments. <laughs> The comments. The they were like, please just take me out in a body bag so everybody <laughs> yeah. thinks I died. Like, I was like, honestly. Yeah. Just the sheer embarrassment. Like, could you could you go to a uh, flight attendant and be like, hey, listen, can we just close this curtain real quick? You pull out that body bag. <laughs> just let's put a sheet over me. Yeah. Just something. Please. Just something. I cannot. <laughs> just have the ambulance carry me out as yeah. though I died. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> Do you think people had to wait? On the plane, well, like everybody behind that, like trail, right? Well, I think they had to go on the other lane. Well, because it was a big plane, right? Oh, that's the right. Other it was side. a big plane. That's yeah. how they got the video. I kept wondering, and now you're clearing yeah, that up for me. Plane. Like, how did they get that video? Because it's from an that international angle? flight, you know, right, to Barcelona. Right, right, right. But I, I also, I also did read that they said that basically, you know, when they turned around and they went back to New York, right? I think uh, like, Atlanta. Atlanta. It was, it was oh, Atlanta. Atlanta. Okay. <laughs> when they went back to Atlanta and mm-hmm. they said they cleaned the plane and it was, and they got back on the same plane that people did. They said it was spotless. They oh. said you would have never known. They actually removed the carpet. Oh, wow. They pulled up the whole carpet. It just had new carpet smell? Yeah. All the way to Barcelona? They said they, the way, however Delta you know, disinfected the plane. Yeah. And they said it was, it was completely, you would never know. Immaculate. Yes. Do you think that that passenger got back on the plane? Oh, probably not. I would not. No. Right. I'd be like, please reschedule me on another flight uh, or just cancel, you know, can I get a refund? Can I just be canceled for a while? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think they probably went to the hospital. Yeah. 
I would wonder if they went to the hospital and they're like, I just had real bad diarrhea. Like, <laughs> they're okay. You, because you keep me here for a week. Can I <laughs> just, just put me in the ICU? Yeah. For a solid Please, month. Somebody. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's good times. I'm real sorry that happened. Yeah. To everybody. Agreed. Especially the person. I, I feel like everybody's been there. Right. Yeah. Well, and then I think this is where we can just segue into, at that point, I think you just start taking cruises to Europe. There you go. Right. Don't get don't get on a plane. Get on a cruise because there's where do you, lots you of You bathrooms. have to take a plane to get on a cruise, don't you? Typically. Well, yeah. Where where do you board cruises? Well, I guess at? you could drive uh, ports. Like in right? like, like I guess you could drive to Savannah. Yeah, you could drive to Savannah. Do they have a big enough port? I mean, they're big ships. Is what I don't I'm know. Saying. Actually, not, like, not everybody. Yeah, that's kind of not every port can uh, can handle that size right. of a ship. I would think that maybe a cruise. I don't know. Are there cruises that even go across the Atlantic anymore? Like, is that a thing that people do? I don't know. That seems like a violent trip. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. like probably just the Caribbean, and I, I should have looked that up for this. Anyway, that's why I'm asking. Like, where do yeah. you? You'd have to fly to get to the place where you get on the. On typically, the, most right. people usually Miami, right? Like some Florida place. Yeah, and then you go from there. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm thinking. Alaska. Oh, that see, that's the one I would think about doing. Yeah, I would do the Alaska. Alaska one. Antarctica. That's, it's like the only one I would do that one. Oh, yeah. That's so expensive. On the like expedition or whatever they're called, the yeah. National Geographic. Anyway, all right. So Jen, sorry. Today uh-huh. uh, I'm going to be talking about the most mysterious cruise disappearances that I read about. There's oh, a whole wow. website dedicated to them, like people who disappeared. Mm-hmm. People who disappeared. I'm like the whole ship disappeared. <laughs> the whole ship. Bermuda Triangle. That's what we're talking about today. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, so the first one we're going to talk about is this girl, Amy Lynn Bradley. Uh huh. She was born on May 12th, 1974 in Petersburg, Virginia, and she attended a local university there, Longwood University, and she graduated with a degree in physical education. And she actually had a scholarship at the time to play basketball there. So she was she was also a really strong swimmer. She was a lifeguard. She was an athlete in the prime of her life. I feel like I know this You might have heard this story before. It's kind of crazy. She was planning to start a new job at a computer consulting firm after she graduated. And because she was graduating soon, her family, they decide they're going to go on this family cruise together. They were on the Royal Caribbean International Cruise Ship called Rhapsody. Wow. (laughs) Jesus. Of the seas. (laughs) And they were going to the Dutch Caribbean island, Curacao? I don't know. Yeah, but it's a Caribbean island that the Netherlands owns. This was in the 90s, right? Owns, occupies. This was in the 1990s? 1998, yes. 1998. Uh, March 21st, 1998, Amy and her family, they board the cruise. And before she disappeared, because she disappears, her and her brother, Brad, decided they were going to go to this Mardi Gras party. uh, And they were going to stay up really late. They were drinking a bunch of alcohol, like partying. She ends up actually like partying with one of the band guys in the band. Uh Um, His name is Alistair Douglas, but everybody called him Yellow. Okay. Which is, I don't know why. And there's actually like a video of her dancing with Yellow, like having a good time and everybody's Mm -hmm. happy. And after a couple of hours, uh, I guess they went back to the cabin around one and she hung out with this guy, Yellow. And then Brad was like, I'm going to go to bed at around 3.30, 3.35 mm-hmm. in the morning. And the ship has like a computerized locking system. So like when you swipe your card, everybody has their own card. Mm-hmm. And when you swipe it, they're like, oh, this is, you know, Brad. This is Amy. This is, you know, Amy's dad, whatever. So Brad's card shows that he unlocked the cabin and went in at 3.35. And five minutes later, Amy came in using her card. Okay. 
And she decided to sit on the suite's balcony. And they were kind of like chatting and hanging out. And he was like, all right, I'm ready for bed. It's like super late. I'm going to go to bed. And Amy was like, I'm just going to stay out here for a little bit longer. Mm -hmm. And I think she was smoking. Yeah. Because like later on, they were talking about how her lighter was out there. So between 5.15 a.m. and 5.30 on March 24th, 1998, Amy's father, Ron, he wakes up and he goes to check on his kids. He's like, did they come in last night? They were partying hard. They were partying real hard. He's probably like 5.30 a.m., like going to get up and do dad things. Yeah. (laughs) But also maybe a little bit worried. And he told local papers, I could see Amy's legs from her hips down. So he, I guess he like kind of glanced, he saw his son he, and he saw Amy out on the balcony and he was like, oh, okay, everybody's cool. They're home, home in the room. Uh-huh. And he went back to sleep, just like dozed off. And he said the balcony door was closed because he would have gotten up and actually closed the door if it weren't closed. So she's outside, closed door, sleeping, probably passed out on like a chaise lounge uh-huh. or something. Uh-huh. Anyway, he wakes up about 30 minutes later. So he just did that like weird dozy thing that you do sometimes. You're like, oh, I'm just going to sleep for another 15 minutes, whatever. Uh He wakes up and he looks out and she's gone. And actually, the cigarettes and lighter that were out there with her are also gone. Okay. She's gone. The cigarettes are gone. He's like, that's weird. He says, I left to try and go find her. When I couldn't find her, I didn't really know what to think because it is very much unlike Amy to leave and not tell us where she was going. So he searches all these common areas of the cruise, you know, like restaurants, like sitting areas, whatever. Shuffleboard. I don't know. She's she's (laughs) like, I'm still feeling it. I'm going to do some shuffleboard. Let's go do some shuffleboard. And he, after about 30 minutes, he wakes up the rest of the family and he's like, Amy is missing. I can't find her anywhere. She's not in the room. She's on the balcony. They immediately reported that she was missing to the crew where they were pleading with the crew members to stop any passengers from leaving the cruise ship. Because like that day, I think the cruise ship was going to dock someplace Uh and they were going to be leaving. And so they were like, please don't let anybody disembark the ship. Uh Right. And the team in that office, in the, like, I guess, <clears throat> the crew or whatever, informed them that it was too early to make a shipwide announcement. Like, I, I don't know how long they need to make that announcement, but they did agree to announce at 7.50 a.m. that they said something like, will Amy Bradley please come to this, like, crew desk? Uh-huh. But they didn't say, like, oh, she's missing or people need to be on the lookout or something like that. Nobody leave. Between 12.15 and 1 p.m., the crew staff searched through the ship but could not find her. So this is like many hours later. The delay that the crew put on the search and investigation of this disappearance has been said to have led to lowering the chance of finding Amy by allowing passengers to disembark. So they completely ignored the Bradley's like request and they mm-hmm. let everybody get off the ship. Wow. <sighs> Good times. What, Where were they at? They were at that place. Yeah. Croc- Why are you trying to make me say it again? Crockpot. <laughs> the, that uh, Dutch Caribbean island. Okay. We'll just that, that one. Yeah. So the Dutch Caribbean Coast Guard was actually alerted at this time, but they didn't start. I guess they did a four-day search from that point until the 27th of March. And the Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines chartered a boat to go out looking for her, I guess, kind of wherever their mm-hmm. path had been. Mm-hmm. The Coast Guard used three helicopters and a radar plane. And initially, the authorities were like... She either fell overboard by some rogue wave, right? Which is like a, a lot of authorities in these situations just are like, oh, it's a rogue wave. Mm-hmm. Or she committed suicide. But the family was like... No way. <laughs> okay. Like, number one, she definitely didn't commit suicide. Uh-huh. She's graduating university. She has a brand new job. 
she's like at the top of her, you know, peak of her life. Yeah. And she was just talking to her brother. <laughs> just talking to her brother. he would have known if she was Something down was wrong. Or, yes. Yeah. And they were saying like, even if she fell overboard, she's a really strong swimmer. Right. And they're like... It's not like the seas were really rough or something crazy, like a storm was going on or mm-hmm. they're like, that can't be it. But they eventually, the authorities were like, okay, after they talked to the family, they realized she's a strong swimmer, blah, blah, blah. They're like, okay, we're not really sure what happened. We don't think it's foul play, though, because we don't find any evidence of foul play. Uh-huh. So on the morning that she disappeared, two passengers told Ron that they saw a woman who looked like Amy taking an elevator to the ship's deck with cigarettes and a lighter. Nobody, I guess, followed up with, like, the authorities didn't follow up with that, or it didn't have any additional information. I don't know if they didn't have cameras or what. Yeah. Um, Another witness, a cab driver, said that a woman who looked like Amy approached him and said she urgently needed a phone. The authorities didn't confirm Mm -hmm. that sighting either, Mm -hmm. which I find really strange. Like, if you have people saying, like, oh, I saw her here, I saw her here. You would usually follow up on that. Yeah. In August of 1998, there was a Canadian computer engineer who claimed to have seen Amy walking down with two men on a beach in Caraco five months after she disappeared. Witnesses noticed that the woman was constantly trying to get his attention until he lost sight of her at a nearby cafe. They said that the woman that he saw had tattoos and they were reportedly identical to Amy's. And the man said he was, quote, two feet away from her and he was sure it was her with complete certainty. On January 1999, there was this U.S. Navy petty officer who claimed to have seen a woman who said she was Amy Bradley, but he didn't report it because he saw her in a brothel and Mm. he didn't want to get in trouble for being in a brothel. That witness, I guess it was, he contacted Amy's family, but it was after he retired and he saw her picture in a magazine, which I think is what you might have seen. There's like a picture of her later on Mm -hmm. where, well, they say it's her. Yeah. Or it looks like her, but she looks really... Messed up. Rough. Yeah. Yeah. And like in lingerie and kind of yeah. in this weird pose. There was another potential sighting March of 2005 when a witness named Judy Marrer claimed to have seen Amy in a department store restroom in Barbados. She said that the woman entered the restroom accompanied by three men who proceeded to threaten her if she did not follow through on some kind of a deal. Then she says the men left and she approached the woman who said that her name was Amy and that she was from Virginia, and that the men, before she could say anything else, the men came in and took her away again. So this woman reports it to the authorities. They make composite sketches of the three men. They try to, I guess, investigate it, but they don't find anything. Yeah. In more recent years, this has resurfaced again on, like, America's Most Wanted. Dr. Phil did an episode Mm -hmm. on it. In the fall of 1999, Amy's parents received an email from a a Navy SEAL soldier or self-proclaimed Navy SEAL soldier, Frank Jones. This is super messed up. Uh, Frank was like, listen, I am a former, you know, Navy SEAL. I have like this team of experienced soldiers. We're going to go and rescue Amy. And he's like, I've got Liam Neeson. <laughs> We've got a boat, yeah. you know, underwater diving stuff and yeah. whatever. They're, yeah. And so he was saying that they had seen him and his band of mercenaries had seen Amy being held by heavily armed Colombian men in a housing complex surrounded by barbed wire. This just sounds like a really bad movie. And they said like, oh, she's got these tattoos and this is a lullaby you used to sing to her when she was a child. Like, he's telling her family this. And then he's like, we're going to go attempt a rescue, but we need money to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In total, the Bradleys sent him $210,000 mm. to search for and quote-unquote rescue 
Yeah. That, of course, that rescue mission never happened. And later it was found out that Jones had made up the story to scam them out of money, which people who scam grieving families of who have like missing, missing children. Yeah. There's like a special place. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, definitely the ghouls are going to get them. <laughs> For sure. For uh, sure. 100%. Yeah. And in fe- this is good news on that account. In February 2002, federal prosecutors in Richmond, Virginia, charged him with defrauding the Bradleys of $24,000 and the National Missing Children's Organization of $186,000. Jones pleaded guilty in April of mail fraud and was sentenced to five years in prison. Another incident where they actually found the jawbone of a woman in 2010, it like washed ashore in Aruba. And initially they thought it might be this other woman who had been missing, Natalie Holloway. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know if they ever did. Oh, yeah, they never DNA tested the bone. But they say that the jaw couldn't be from a Caucasian woman. So okay. they're like, it's not Amy. But people still, I guess because it was never tested, they're like, it could be her. You yeah. know, like yeah. she could have died and like washed up. This is... This is one of the stories that I've heard because it's so tragic what can happen when you get lost, kidnapped or yeah, something in another country. Exactly. It's real messed up. So there are some theories. Uh, one of the biggest theories is that she was kidnapped mm-hmm. and sold into human trafficking. Right. And they think it could have been the guy in the band. Yes. That smuggled her out, right? Yeah. And the People magazine, so People magazine inter- interviewed Amy's mom and they said, uh, she said, I remember watching people watch her admiringly. Amy would have been a trophy. She would have been like, you know, she's yeah. like healthy, good looking girl. Yep. Young. Athletic. Yeah. Like, in, yeah. So, yeah, that's like you said, that the band member Yellow. It turns out that his story was inconsistent. Mm -hmm. Like they went back and looked at the CCTV and they were like, this is not Mm -hmm. the same thing that you told us. And so there's a lot of suspicion put on him. So they were saying that not only about Yellow, that guy Yellow, they said throughout the night, Amy's family was approached by a waiter asking to pass on notes to Amy, inviting her to go drinking with him once they reached the shore. And the professional photographer who had done photos of like Amy and the family, and you know, like when you get on the ship and you stand there and they take your picture and then they sell it to you for like a million dollars. He, I guess they said the family couldn't find any of Amy's photos, making them think that he had either he had or somebody else had removed all of the photos of her. Creepy. Super creepy. It could have been a bunch of them oh. working together. Yeah, it could be like a ring. Yes. And there's like this guy, this guy, this guy. Yep. That's how they get young women from these ships or whatever. Yeah. Another theory the authorities thought about was that what if she had been murdered and thrown overboard? But the only evidence is of that maybe happening was that jawbone that they never tested, which mm-hmm. I'm like, just test the jaw. Can we like wipe that one off the board? Yeah. And then, of course, they were saying, you know, falling or committing suicide. Yeah. But Amy Lynn Bradley was declared legally dead on tw- on the March 24th. 2010, 12 years after she disappeared, the FBI is currently offering a reward of $25,000 for any information that potentially lead to the recovery of her or lead to an arrest or conviction of a person or persons responsible for Amy's disappearance. On top of that, the family is offering a $250,000 reward for any information leading to her safe return and $50,000 for information leading to her current location. And like I said, she was on... That's 25 years ago. 25 years ago. Wow. It's insane. It's insane. And it's so so sad because if that last sighting of her was that lady in the restroom... Yeah. Then that could be it. That could be it. Yeah. Like if she was... They just got tired of... I mean, she she was too much to deal with and they 
could have just got it's too got too many people know what she looks like or yeah. the whole tattoo thing or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I know I hate that story. I hate it. I'm sorry, Jen. It's okay. Sorry. But it's just so terrible. Let's talk about this next one that really creeps me out. I actually watched the video for it because they have like final video, right? Mm-hmm. Of mm-hmm. somebody. So this is Rebecca Coriam. She was born on March 11th of 1987 in Chester, England, and she grew up there with her parents, her sister Rachel, and two foster brothers, and she finished school at this place, Chester Catholic High School, so they were Catholic, Mm -hmm. I guess. In her youth, um, she actually worked at the Chester Zoo, where other of her relatives also worked, which I thought was really cool. I was like, oh, that's really neat. Yeah. And there is a memorial bench to her grandparents, Kevin and Dolores, on the zoo grounds. Okay. I've been to that zoo. Have you really? Is Uh it nice? Oh, yeah. She joined the British Army cadets when she was a teenager, and she attended Plymouth University at Plymouth, where she studied sports science. And later on, she got a staff volunteer position with the cadets and did a bunch of, like, outdoor events. So she's, like, active and volunteery and, like, in general, like, a happy and traveling. Yes. In June 2010, she went to London and interviewed with Disney Cruise to get a position on one of their ships. And she went to one of the theme parks in Florida and did training. And I'm just going to like an aside here. My mom went back to school for pastry when she was older. I won't Mm -hmm. say the age. And she got an internship for Disney and stayed like in these like camp kind of like Disney campus housing. That's pretty cool. Which always kind of cracks me up when I think about it. Yeah. Like, you just stay in at Disney. Uh-huh. So cool. Yeah. Anyway, after four months of doing cruises to the Bahamas, that's where the ships are registered, she went back to Britain for two months off. So she went back to visit family. And I think, I think one of the videos I watched about this... Somebody might have passed away. She went back for like a funeral too or something like that. And she returned to work. So she, when she returned to work, she went to uh, work on the Disney Wonder. And this one is based out of Los Angeles. And so she got to visit all the ports of call on the Mexican Riviera and went through the Panama Canal. It was like all this cool stuff that she hadn't done yet. And it was, and actually, I'm sorry, this is where she went back to England because her grandfather died for a couple of weeks. Okay. There we go. So she goes back, sees her family. This is the last time they see her because she returns back to the Wonder. And she, at the time, was a youth worker. So she did, like, all the, like, kids stuff, you know. Yeah. Of all of the jobs, though, on a cruise, any kind of... I don't know if I'd want to be a youth worker. I mean... Just, like, kids on vacation. Yeah. And the parents are just, like, giving <laughs> no Fs. Yeah, yeah. They're like, just get them out of my face. And give me a margarita. Yes. All right. So six weeks later, after she returned, March 21st, 2011, the ship leaves Los Angeles, and she sent a message to her parents on Facebook saying, I'm going to call you the next day on Skype. And her mother, I guess 12 hours went by after that, and they hadn't heard from her. And her mom was like, what the hell? Like, I thought you were going to call us. Like, what's going on? So the following day, it's 9 a.m. Pacific time. And they are off the coast of Mexico. They're heading to Puerto Vallarta. Puerto Vallarta. <laughs> I've been there. I, know. <laughs> I totally rem- kind of remember how to say that because you said it so many times. So what yeah. did you tell me? Puerto Vallarta. Because it's like the, you know, when somebody's speaking American slang <laughs> yeah. English. Yeah, yeah. But then they throw in a complete accent <laughs> when they say like, hi, yeah, I was going to make a reservation for Cancun. it's like that um so yeah and and also uh cabo san lucas cabo cabo (laughs) what what but at 9 a.m she should have started her shift already watching these children and she is not there 
Well, I don't really. I mean, maybe she's left she's like, I'm not into babysitting. I'm done. Yeah. Um, but when they went to go check for her in her room or anywhere else in the ship, they don't find her anyplace. Mm-hmm. And they page her on the ship's public, you know, like the intercom mm-hmm. and nothing. And so they start looking for her on the CCTV footage and they find her at 545 a.m., Actually, let me let me back up. There was another crew member who says like, oh, I saw her at 3 a.m. Like she was heading down this one way or like by the pool or something. Mm -hmm. But at 5.45 a.m., she shows up on the CCTV and this is she's having a phone call. She's really upset. There's actually in that time that she's on the phone, kind of like arguing with somebody. uh, Another guy walks up to her. They don't know who he is. And he says, "Uh, is everything okay with you? And you can clearly see her mouth say, yeah, fine. Like, oh, okay. I'm fine. Right. And then she hangs up and she walks away and then she pushes her hair back and puts her hands in her back pockets. And later on, they would ask her parents, her parents would see this video and they're mm-hmm. like, is this her? Because the footage is kind of grainy. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, that's her. That's how she does that. That's her. Those are her mannerisms. That's how she mm-hmm. walks. Mm-hmm. That's how she would put her hands if she's walking. So they're like, this is definitely her. Um, And then after that, they can't find any record of her. No other CCTV footage, no, like, anything. And the crew spent some time searching for her. And then they had a U.S. Coast Guard and Mexican Navy search the international waters where the wonder had been coming from during those, like, sailing hours or whatever. And because they thought, oh, maybe she's gone overboard. Mm -hmm. But they don't find any, really any evidence of her going overboard. But because the wonder is registered in the Bahamas, even though it's leaving Los Angeles and going... The actual people who are responsible for what happens on the ship are the Bahamian police, which kind of blows my mind because it didn't happen there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so there's like a detective that's flown over there and the parents fly out and they meet up and he tells them that he spent one day on board investigating, didn't find anything, and Mm -hmm. went back home. That's it. The detective also tells them that he had interviewed only a few crew members and none of the passengers. So when they got to the port, everybody gets off, right? Mm -hmm. Like all the passengers, whatever. It's not like the Disney ship is like, hey, everybody, we lost a crew member. (laughs) You know, stay in your cabins. Yeah. Yeah. They don't do that. You know, it's like business as usual. We're just looking for her. They fly out that Bahamian detective. He spends a day, you know, looking around the ship, talking to like five or six people. And then he's like, nope, I don't see anything. Okay, bye. Deuces. So her parents claim that Disney kept them in a car with blacked out windows and brought them on board via like a side entrance after all of the passengers had gone away. And that the the captain came up to them, was like, I'm so sorry that this happened. I'm so sorry that your daughter had been washed overboard when she was at the crew pool. Like the rest of the crew was like, there's like really high walls over there. Like, how did that happen? And the Mm -hmm. parents were like, wait a minute. That's not, I thought, you know, she's missing. Mm -hmm. And this captain is saying them like, no, she was like washed overboard. And so, yeah. On the day before the first anniversary of her disappearance, so like a year later, um, her father received an email from a woman who claimed she had seen Rebecca with a dark haired man on the street in Venice in the previous August. All these crazy sightings. She said that she was 85% sure it was Rebecca and that she had looked at the family because the family made a website after all of this. Right. Mm -hmm. And she's like, well, I was looking at the website and that made me remember that I saw this woman in Venice and she was with this guy. Like all of a sudden she can recall these like details. Okay, And her uncle says that the email seemed legitimate to the family. 
for some reason, like something about what she wrote. And they were really upset thinking that she could be out there someplace all this time and nobody, you know, like she was just Mm -hmm. taken or something. But like, how did she get to Venice? Anyway, because I guess her passport had been with her stuff in the... I'm not that people can't make passports if they're going to traffic other people. Yeah. But still. Yeah. So in October of 2011, there's this journalist, John Ronson. He took the wonder along the same route and made discreet inquiries while he was aboard. So he, he like, you know, investigative journaling, journalisting, journalisting. Ron, John, John Ronson. <laughs> John Ronson. It's like when you switch, the, like, <laughs> yeah. Polly Darton or something. Right, right, right. Should be like Ron Johnson. Ron Johnson. Yeah, John, no. John, John Ronson. <laughs> I was like, are you sure? <laughs> I'm sure. That's what, unless I typed it wrong. I'm just kidding. Anyway, okay, so good. he did some investigative reporting. He wrote about it in The Guardian, and he said that several crew members had been on the ship at the time of her disappearance, and they spoke with him, and they suggested that Disney or the Bahamian police Mm -hmm. knew way more than they were saying. But John said that after he toured areas of the ship that are open to passengers, he actually made the decision that she probably had slipped and fallen when she was jogging on the deck for jogging track. And it turns out that she was like a regular jogger, mm-hmm. jogger. She enjoyed that particular track. And the railing there is really low for some reason. Oh. And so he's like, I think this is what happened. But that track is covered by security cameras. Like, they're everywhere on the uh-huh. track, probably uh-huh. because that railing is really low. I don't know. Uh, but there is also like the pool that they were talking about, the crew pool mm-hmm. that the captain had said like, oh, she was washed overboard. It turns out that I guess they had found some some slippers, right. some flip-flops, stories, if you will, at the pool. And they're like, oh, these are her her shoes. But wouldn't there be, there's no cameras anywhere? Would there be cameras there too? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there are cameras there as well. Yeah, so it says that the the railings on the pool is actually a high steel wall. Like it's a big wall, enough to completely block any view. I think probably for like crew member privacy or something, you know, like you don't want, you don't want to be like hanging out in the crew pool and then some passenger is like, hey, can you give me this thing? You know what I mean? Right. And so they said that there's cameras all over that place that are conspicuously mounted. So he thinks that either she went overboard or somebody from Disney saw what happened and just isn't talking about it. Foul play. Wow. Near the end of the voyage, another crew member went to him and explained in further detail that even though the walls around the pool are high, the seas were really rough at the time and she could have been tossed off the ship. They're saying, mm-hmm. and it was like really slippery there. But uh, again, they would have seen it on the cameras and then just said like, oh, she fell off the ship. Another group of crew members told John Ronson that she was in a relationship and that relationship was tumultuous. And they said it was a very, very intense relationship. It was great. And then it was awful. I can't think of any other reason why she'd have been upset and wandering around by herself at 6 a.m. A relationship with another crew member. Yeah, another crew member. Okay. Yeah. And actually, I read this thing. I don't know if I put it in here that actually she and that partner, it might have been on a video that I watched. She and that partner had had some kind of a like hmm, threesome or something with another person on the ship. Uh-huh. This, this, this part seems a little scandalous to me, but like like maybe people just making up things. Mm-hmm. But that this relationship that she was in was no good. Okay. Like they had a lot of fights. And they didn't. Like interview interview that guy. That guy? Yeah, I, I like, didn't find anything you? about. Yeah, I to me, I feel like you could figure out what happened very easily by just reviewing all of the cameras. Yeah, 
Because it sounds like there's cameras everywhere. Yeah. And then I guess there was supposed to be like a final report that the Bahama police and Disney and whoever, you know, like their legal team or whoever put out. Mm-hmm. But the parents never saw it. They made requests to see it, mm-hmm. and they never got that final report. They also heard that Disney sent additional footage to the FBI for enhancement, but they never said what that footage was. Yeah. It's kind 2011, of there's definitely cameras everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Like 1998, eh. Right. Probably. Maybe not. Maybe. Not so much. Some. Yeah. Maybe they're not great. Yeah. But 2011? For sure. Guaranteed. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, I mentioned those slippers that were found at the pool. The, there was a person, I don't remember if it was her mom or it was another person, they had, oh, they had put those slippers in her belongings when they returned them to the parents. And this uh, person who worked on the ship, I think, said, Mike and Anne, that's her parents, showed them to me. They were too big. They weren't her style. They were pink and flowery and Hawaiian. I'd never seen her wear them. Why didn't Disney come to me and say, can you identify these? Yeah. Right? So, uh, yeah. And actually, her parents claimed that the flip-flops were too small. <laughs> So I don't know. Either way, they're like, these aren't her shoes. Right. Like, why are you guys giving them to us? Weird. In 2016, uh, the family had hired a private investigator. And they said, you know, this is these are definitely not her shoes. They said that this whole shoe thing actually made them strongly doubt Disney's claim that they had been found in the pool area, as well as that theory that she was swept overboard. It seems like Disney really is sticking to the like, she was in the pool. She put her flip-flops here. She got swept overboard. Done deal. Done deal. Done, done, done. All right, here's these shoes. We just, they grab them from like the gift shop or something. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, whose shoes are they? And what is it? Who was in this threesome? Yeah. Who had motives? Yes. Yes. They also noted that in the video of the phone call, Rebecca's clothes appear very large. And they, like her friends and fellow crew members saw the video and they were like, that's not her style. Yeah. To wear like baggy clothes. And it it does. She looks like she's wearing really baggy clothes in that video. And there's a a labor MP. What does MP stand for in... uh, uh, it's uh, British, st- mer- not military police, <laughs> Chris Matheson, who represented the ch- city of Chester, says that he thinks she was a victim of a crime, possibly murdered or sexually assaulted. And he said, the more you look into this, the more it smells rotten, the more it smells like a crime has taken place. Yeah. And she was thrown overboard. Yeah. And that- Disney has the video. Yes. And they're like, not going to release it because if Disney has murders... On their cruise ships. I mean, have you ever listened to those stories about people who Why die would, at I Disney mean, parks? But I mean, come on. It's like, it's it's not there. Right. It's some crazy part. You know what I mean? It's a crew member. They Agreed. Sh- they should, if somebody did something to her, they need to be held accountable. Yeah. I agree with that. Uh, the other thing, I, you know how I was saying that someone was telling Ron Johnson, John Ronson. <laughs> oh, God. That's so weird. That the seas were really rough. Uh-huh. They're like, oh, it's so rough. Well, th- that private investigator that the family had hired said that records show that the seas around the Wonder that night were totally normal. Mm. So this whole like rogue wave claim. Yeah. Yeah. Comes out of left field. No, it's to me, it sounds like she got into an argument with whoever she was involved with. Yeah. And they did something. I agree. Well, and and two, they were saying that if it were like a rogue wave, because we've mm-hmm. talked, actually, we've talked about rogue waves in other episodes, like that one where the ship went down and then the guy survived mm-hmm. in the little balloon of air, right? Oh, I, can't, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Anyway, they're saying that if there were a rogue wave high enough to knock her out of the crew pool, it would have damaged the ship. Yeah, that's like it sounds, would have been massive. That sounds like everyone would have known. <laughs> yeah. They would have been thrown around their room. Yeah. They'd have been like, oh my God, it's six o'clock. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. So hmm. 
Yeah, that's very suspect. I feel so sorry for these parents. I agree. That's just terrible, especially the ones that were on the ship with their kids. Mm -hmm. I'll also mention that in November of 2011, Stephen Mosley, again, they say it's an MP, sorry, brought the case up to the House of Commons. He said the investigation into Rebecca's disappearance was appalling. The Bahamian authorities made virtually no attempt at investigating her disappearance. And it was a toothless investigation. Very few people know that when they board a cruise ship that they are so poorly protected. So there was this kind of like call to arms to like, Mm -hmm. you know, people need to be more aware that this is dangerous. Like you're Mm -hmm. in international waters, not to sound like silly, but it's true. Like who's going to be investigating this crime? Like if you got on a ship today, you would want to know, like, what are my rights? Yeah. If something happens to me, who's liable? Who's going to investigate it? Mm -hmm. Right. Because to me, it blows my mind. Yeah. That. The Bahamas had to fly a detective, which takes time mm-hmm. to get someone there. Like, why is why does the ship have an investigator on board? Or have some sort of what they should have. I mean, I'm sure they have security. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's they should have some connection to some, to me, some U.S. based, wherever they're based out of. Yes. So some investigators that they would be connected with somehow. Yeah. But yeah, it's weird. Baron John... Prescott is a former deputy prime minister under Tony Blair. Uh He believes that Rebecca was thrown overboard and has called for laws that would allow British authorities to investigate their own citizens' death on cruise ships in international waters. And I'm like, yeah. Agreed. Agreed. I totally think that's what happened. Right? Yeah. Ronson, the reporter, says that he called the Bahama police, uh, you know, trying to find out what's going on. Like, what did they do in the investigation? He never received any reports from them either. No updates from Disney. They just said, like, we have our investigation is ongoing. But the Bahama police never called him back, like never returned his calls. Her parents were joined by the British government officials. I don't know which ones, but British government officials saying that, you know, there needed to be better advocates for victims uh, like these issues, like incidents that happen on cruise ships that needs to be investigated further by the like countries government. Mm -hmm. And they noted that 170 passengers and crew have disappeared from cruise ships since 2000, many without being seriously investigated or widely reported, which again, I'm just saying how many people are actually 170. I mean, you would think if someone disappears from a cruise ship, we hear about that. Yeah. But like, I, it's very rare. Yeah. You don't really hear about it. Mm -mm. Dang. I know. I'd be suing the pants out of Disney. For real. I think they might have. I can't remember if it's in here that they got maybe some kind of compensation. Uh, I mean, it doesn't bring their kid back, but it's like, but they need to be held accountable. Yeah. So they did. There's this Miami lawyer, Jim Walker, who was uh, helped them in a suit against Disney in the American courts. And they ended up settling. It doesn't say for how much in 2015. Yeah. Uh, And they had to agree not to disclose the case publicly. So I'm like, oh, what did they find out? Yeah. I know. But if they have somebody, you know, murdering people, mm-hmm. like that that person needs to go to prison. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Poor girl. All right. Let's move on to our next disappearing victim. There's no update, just so you know, about Rebecca. So Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't that's imagine it. there would be. Yeah. But I can tell you that I think that when people are either they fall. Mm-hmm off a ship or they're thrown or they jump purposely or mm-hmm. whatever the reason is that they are in the water. Yeah. In a lot of waters, there's a lot of sharks. There's a lot of sharks. Yeah, we're going to talk about, like, how do you survive falling off a cruise ship? Okay, because sharks. Because sharks, Jen. 
Like they, you can disappear real quick. It, like a little snacky snack. I mean, we've done so many episodes <laughs> about people. Are you guys, have you guys ever heard of sharks? It's just crazy. the one, just the one I did uh, about the, oh, the people the... that were on the raft. Yeah. Remember? And yes. they just swam off and the sharks got them like instantly. Yeah. And it doesn't doesn't take long for the sharks to show up. It's like they just know there's distress happening. Well, as soon as you start kicking around in the water and mm-hmm. flailing, they're like, "What's up? <laughs> What's going on?" I mean, they're they're doing their job. Sharks, the cats of the sea. <laughs> <laughs> George Allen Smith is the next person we're going to talk about. He was an American guy who disappeared from a Royal Caribbean International cruise ship that was the MS Brilliance of the Seas in July 2005. Under suspicious circumstances. Actually, his story is kind of crazy to me. It was reported on Dateline NBC and 48 Hours. So, and it was depicted in a television film. It it was depicted in a television film called Deadly Honeymoon on uh, Lifetime. I'm pretty sure I know this one too, Megan. So, George Allen Smith, he was born in October of 1978. So, he's a little younger than you. And a little older than me. Okay. Right? Yeah. Right in between. Right in between. He married a woman named Jennifer. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Never marry uh, a woman named Jennifer. <laughs> 11 days before he disappeared, he got married to Jennifer Hagel, and they were on their honeymoon. Uh-huh. And their honeymoon was a two-week trip on a Mediterranean cruise, stopping in Greece, Turkey, and Italy, among other locations. I mean, that sounds great. It sounds amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the early morning hours of July 5th, 2005, they he disappeared and they mm-hmm. found some foul play-ish evidence. I'm mm-hmm. sure they, I'm sure you heard about this. There are blood stains actually found in his cabin as well as on the side of the ship. And it was like dripping down to the balcony below Jeez. where his balcony was. And Jen, Jen was like, I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know. <laughs> She's just got blood on it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it appears she has like the cigarette with the long, like the cigarette holder, <laughs> just sitting there. Like yeah. <laughs> they say that it appears that he might have been tossed off the ship. Okay. Or fallen and drowned. Okay. Right. Uh, but the police suspect homicide. They're like, we think this is homicide. Yeah, there's like blood everywhere. He's overboard. Right. July 29th, 2005, the FBI announced that they were investigating his disappearance. Fun. Little side mention here, Geraldo Rivera what, what, did a news story interviewing Josh Askin, who was one of the last people who was seen with Smith, along with two men of Russian origin, Greg Rosenberg and Zach Rosenberg. The way that this was written, I'm not entirely sure if Geraldo interviewed all three mm-hmm. or if he only interviewed the one guy, Josh, and he was with these other guys and George. Okay. On June 29th, 2006, it was announced that the Royal Caribbean International had agreed to pay compensation to Smith's estate. And the New York Post reported that the matter had been referred to the mafia division of the FBI I don't around that time. I guess maybe it was in 2012 that that happened. Oh, wow. Yeah. So the there well, was... Well, this is taking a turn I didn't expect. <laughs> yeah. So Dateline actually came up with the theory that it was like a robbery gone wrong. But mm-hmm. I think with like these two Russian guys being involved. So let's talk a little bit about what happened that night. Because okay. it's kind of interesting. Uh, let me scroll down because I... So it wasn't Jen's fault. It, You know, it might not have been. It might okay. not have been. Good, good. So yeah, he... It's like they had gone to like the ship's casino. Mm. And they were, you know, being like married... A new married couple. They were like hanging out. Throwing craps. I don't know. I don't know what people Having do. Having fun. I, yeah. Yeah. They're pulling levers and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Blackjack. <laughs> yeah. Casino words. And they were both getting really drunk. 
Mm-hmm. And they had a little argument. Uh-huh. Okay. And Jennifer, like, stormed off yep. at the early hours of the morning. She was like, this guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe I married him. I hate you. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. She passes out in a hallway on the ship. Like, not your finest moment. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he's hanging out with these, like, two Russian guys and this other guy. Okay. And he's just hanging out with them, whatever. And then he's gone. Disappeared. But they find the blood in his... So he must have gone back to the room at some point. So Jennifer, like, wakes up at somewhere. They found her in the hallway. And they're like, ma'am? And they went to the suite. (laughs) (laughs) Ma'am, can we help you? Right. And he's nowhere to be found. But there's, like, this blood on, like, the balcony and, like, over the side. And they're like, what happened? That's it. That's what they know. Wow. Isn't that insane? So Jennifer Hagel-Smith remarried in 2009. I guess his family, George Smith's family, was, like, really upset about it. Mm -hmm. And they feel like, actually, she might have been involved in some level. Like, how could she leave her husband and just She was wasted. She was wasted. Thank you. Yeah. Um, She was mad and she was wasted. Right? But she says that she thinks it was an accident because he was super drunk. She was like, he was super drunk. He probably fell and hit his head and fell overboard. Right? Likely. Yeah. Um, but she did, I will just mention, she accepted, com- not that you shouldn't accept compensation, but she did accept compensation of a, a $1.1 million from Royal Caribbean. That mm-hmm. was the amount that they gave her. And I guess later on, his family was like, we don't agree with that. And they challenged it. But I don't think anything happened from that. Right. So she's the wife. Yeah. And I mean, if she's passed out in the hallway, it doesn't sound like she had anything to do with it. No. I, I want to know about these like guys just hanging out with him all night like what i mean was it foul play jen it could have been did they go how would they did they go in with him did they go in his room did they try to rob him the only evidence they found was that blood which to me says like but don't they have slipping and falling Uh, you would think so but not in the rooms not in the rooms rooms. but in the hallways or in that direction or how far did they walk with him right 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 all those things yeah I i don't think that was ever I mean, Not but out. people do crazy stuff when they're wasted. They do. Yeah. They so do. You just never know. I guess some good did come out of his story, though, because in, I guess his disappearance led to more conversations about passenger rights on cruise ships mm-hmm. in the United States, at least. 2013, the Cruise Lines Association, CLIA, introduced a Bill of Rights that CEO and President Christine Duffy said, quote, codifies many longstanding practices of CLIA members and goes beyond those to further inform cruise guests of the industry's commitment to their comfort and care. That just is such a bullshit statement to me, but they're talking about it. Yeah, whatever. Right, like, mm-hmm. these are things we should take into account. They're like, like here's some words, words, words. <laughs> words, words, words. Um, in the same year, Smith's parents backed a bill co-sponsored by U.S. Senators Richard Blumenthal and Jay Rockefeller, the Cruise Ship Passenger Protection Act. Mm-hmm. Uh, that bill would allow for greater transparency when crimes are committed on cruise ships and more federal government protection of passengers' rights. I wish it said, like, crimes and accidents. Mm-hmm. Disappearances. Because, like, how do you know this was a crime? Yeah, they don't know. They don't know. Gosh. Anyway. So there's some positive stuff coming out of that. But yeah, no one's ever figured out what happened to him. Wow. Yeah. Uh, the family still thinks that the daughter-in-law had something to do with it. but They just don't like her. I don't think they like her. They don't like that she got remarried, I'm sure. It, it, and I'm that sure she got hurtful. money out of it. Yeah. 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 All right. Let's talk about this one that I think is kind of creepy. Uh, in 2004, 40-year-old Marion Carver got on a Royal Caribbean cruise to Alaska but she didn't tell anybody she was going on a cruise. Okay. Which, I, I like that. I respect you, you that. You think that's okay? Yeah, sure. I'm like, 
I would tell you, though, like, hey, Jan, I'm going to go on a cruise. No, what if you're like, F everybody, I'm doing a cruise. You're just don't like, care. I have time off. Does she have Deuces. a lot of friends and family? Uh, I don't know. I'm just you know saying, maybe they're, she just didn't care about sure. people. She's like, I want to go see some Alaska stuff and I'm leaving. Absolutely. Um, yeah. On the second day of this seven-day cruise to Alaska, she vanished without a trace. No one told her family or the authorities. What? Yeah. Her father told ABC, in effect, Marion vanished from the earth. Okay. So that makes me think now that she didn't tell anybody because she had a plan. Right. What's crazy about this is that the crew of this cruise ship never reported her missing. Instead, they gave away all of her belongings to charity. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know what happened. They're, they said that a crew member actually noticed that she had disappeared. And they told her, they told him, sorry, that that crew member to not talk about it. The steward reported Marion missing for five days, missing daily for five days. He's like, five days ago, I didn't see this lady. It's been five days. And his boss said, just go do your job. Well, maybe I and don't that was, go on the last And that ship. was it. No other action was taken. Yeah. Wow. Well, then maybe she like paid him off. I mean, who knows? You never know. Maybe she was like, I'm going to go, I'm going to get off at this weird, random, you know, wilderness place. Yeah, sure. And I want to go survive and live my life. Here's all of my money. So Marion's dad, um, his name is Kendall Carver, has really struggled to understand what happened to her. He found out that she got on the cruise ship. She had dropped her daughter off with her ex-husband mm -hmm. and, you know, vanished the two days into the voyage. And he said, like I said, they got rid, uh, got rid of most of her stuff, a gold wristwatch. All her clothes were gone, vanished. She was gone. And the purse had her name, social security number, everything. They just put it in storage, did nothing. Royal Caribbean settled out of court with the Carver family and claimed that Marion Carver probably took her own life. They said Miss Carver had emotional problems and had attempted suicide before, which she appears to have done on our ship. Uh, but to her dad, he founded the International Cruise Victims Association before his death in 2019. And he says it remains a mystery to him. He said, do I know what happened to Marion? God only knows. How old was she when she got on? 40. 40? Yeah. 2004. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like she... Yeah, maybe she paid somebody, like, here's all my savings. Here's my stuff. I just want to get off here and just leave me. Right, yeah. Kind of thing. Yeah. Because why would somebody on a cruise ship be like, don't worry about it? <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> don't, I've, it's it's covered. It just seems really odd. It's super strange. Yeah, the whole situation. I mean... Yeah, and I want to know, yeah, it's like, it seems like he never got any closure, which is super sad. Yeah. But that, yeah, what, what I mean, when they settled in court, like, was there anything... It seems like he didn't get any information from them. They were just like, here's this money. Sorry that your daughter died. That is such an odd way to deal with. Super weird. <sighs> that makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't like these things, Megan. It was aliens. All right. Let's talk about, I think this is my last kind of not so great one. This is Hugh Pham and Hugh Tran. They mm -hmm. are a married couple. Mm -hmm. For Mother's Day, their children gave them a cruise trip as a gift Aww. They are, they've been married for 49 years. Aw. So sweet. There's yeah. a couple pictures of them, like, on the ship. Yeah. They look so happy. They actually fled Vietnam right before the Vietnam War, and they spent two weeks adrift in the South China Sea. 
and managed to make it to the United States. Oh, my gosh. Like nothing. And like their kids are sending them on a cruise. I think that's such a nice, you know, like I'm sure they struggled really hard to yeah. make things happen for their family. Yeah, yeah, And then their yeah. kids are like, we want to give you this. You really deserve it. What year was it that they were going? D uh, 2005. 2005. Yeah. Wow, that wasn't a good year for... No, right? For cruise ships. So their son, Michael Pham, told NBC Los Angeles, they worked very hard since we came here 30 years ago, retired and lived happily in Southern California. And he felt like his parents deserved this gift. Uh, but on May 12th of 2005, Hugh Pham, 71, and his wife, 67, completely vanished. Like, nobody knows what happened to them. They were sailing toward Aruba, and there was no evidence of anything happening. They, The searchers found both his parents' sandals, his mom's purse, the book she was reading, but no trace of them. Their son also claimed that the cruise line was uncooperative, but Carnival says that, because they were on a Carnival cruise, he says that, or they say that they weren't, they were really cooperative, um, but they think that his parents took their own lives. And he's like, absolutely not. Um, he actually testified to Congress about lax safety practices about, uh, aboard cruise ships. Mm -hmm. He said they were two American citizens with no personal or financial problems, no serious health issues, living the happiest time of their life, both vanished without a trace or witnesses. What Here's what I would speculate yeah. without knowing anything else. Yes. Which you might tell me more. No, no, no. That's, is that that's all I have. I feel like maybe the wife fell or tripped because they're mm -hmm. older, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What if she fell and he jumped in after her? Oh, God. To save her or right? vice versa. Vice versa. Yeah. I could see that. Because they, they've been together. They've been through so much. Yes. There's no way that one, if one of them fell, the other one wouldn't try to save to them. To help them or, yes. Yeah, to yeah. jump in and be like, I've, I'm coming in after you. That's the only thing that I would think would happen because they're oh, like a little bit older, you know, yeah. so they could lose their balance or... Something might happen to them. Something I think, could happen. I think that's probably some motivation behind him, you know, uh, testifying to Congress and saying, like, there's no safety on these ships. Like, yeah, what's to stop someone if from... If there's a safety issue mm -hmm. that one of them fell and the other one jumped in and that was that. Yeah. And no one knew, so they just kept cruising along and right. they just were in the water. Part of me is, like, at least they, they're missing together. They're together. Yeah. Yeah. It's really sad. It's really sad. But to, like, survive... Just floating on a boat in the South mm -hmm. China Sea, right? And yeah. to make it to the U.S. and have this, like, life. Yeah. And then to go on a cruise ship and be like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I mean, never be found again. If you think about it, in, you know, in any kind of travel or any, like, accidents happen all over the place. Oh, for sure. So it could definitely be that. Yeah. You know, I don't yeah. know. Like a gust of wind or the, the ship rocked when they're in the wrong spot and they just, right? one of them fell in. I mean, I recently took a tiny boat for that brown tree snake thing. We went to the Cocos Island, mm -hmm. which is like the south little island inside the coral reef here on Guam. And you have to take a boat to it. Mm -hmm. And we're on like a little boat, what, 40 foot, whatever, mm -hmm. however long those are. And, and we were coming back at night. And I might have told you, I was like terrified. <laughs> <laughs> we're on the boat for like maybe 15 minutes, not even. Yeah. Right? It's like such a short trip. And I was like... What if some person is like drunk and they don't have their lights on and they're just like driving around in the boat out here? No, like, it's we, creepy. Yeah. It's creepy to be out in the water at night. And you my can't husband see does it all the time. But I, he's like Mr. I boat hate Captain. It. I hate it so much. Yeah. And I was like, we're all gonna die. Like <laughs> just like <laughs> gripping, you know. Yeah. No, it's really creepy. And like, yeah, what if you just like 
fell out. What if you hit an iceberg? Honestly, there's lots down here in Guam. <laughs> you never know. But yeah. But yeah, I mean. So that that so would creepy. be my best. That would be what I would speculate. Yeah. No. Happened. I, I kind of think along the same lines as you is that there was some kind of accident. Yeah. You know, I don't think anybody's trying to traffic them or. Yeah. Or, or you, I think there would have been evidence if somebody tried to rob them. Yes. Or yeah. hurt them in some way. I agree. Yeah. That's so sad. Uh, so those are, those are my like, not so great stories. What, yeah, let's talk a little bit about like, what would you do if you fell off the side of a Those ship? are all like, it's like watching Unsolved Mysteries and at the end you're just like. So unsatisfied. I wish I hadn't watched Unsolved Mysteries because <laughs> <laughs> like, you want it to be solved. It's like when you start Unsolved Mysteries, you're like really into the theme song. You're like, yeah, oh, you're I freaking like, this love this show. It's so, so great. Yeah. And then. In the end, there's just. You're, you're like, just like, like my, my favorite is that sound when they're going to do the update. And oh he's yeah! Like, Update, and you're like, yes, yes. But it's like a million episodes ago, so you're like, what was that even about? Yeah, yeah. I love updates. I mean, it's good because it gets the information out. Yes. If I had a missing loved one, I would want it on every. I would be out there. <laughs> Jen, if I ever it. go missing, you better get an episode. I'm gonna get on an episode, unsolved. and you got to say something like, "She would have loved to have been on the show," but you know, like, not in this way. <laughs> Don't worry, you'll never go missing. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, Your cats wouldn't allow it. They wouldn't. <laughs> they, it would be, you know, like if something happened to me, <laughs> it would be the cats. Yeah. It? <laughs> it would just be them. They'd just be yeah. like filing their nails. It was us. All side-eyed. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what would, what, do you do you think that, like, okay, let's do some like probability here. Okay. How do you feel, like what's your chance of surviving? Because they were saying like, what, 17%, 25 at the most percent of people get rescued? Oh, my falling per, overboard. Wait, percent of being rescued or percent yeah, well, uh, of like surviving? surviving? Well, I think surviving. Let's go with surviving. I would say 99.999% survival rate right. on a falling cruise. off the ship. Yeah. I mean, I'm telling you, I'm more worried about getting some sort of like, <laughs> yeah, you know, stomach problem. Right. From like, you know, going or, in the or, pool. Right. Or yeah. sickness of some sort. Right, right, right. Because of all the people. Some venereal disease. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> You're like, how did this even happen? Remember, did you ever, like, when we were kids, I remember somebody saying you can get crabs from sitting on a toilet. Yes. And I was like, I'm never sitting on a to toilet. This, to this day, <laughs> I wipe down every toilet, including my own at home. <laughs> because I have a fear of getting crabs. And I obviously don't have them. Right. And so I, yeah, I don't know why I wipe my own. It's just down, so but I do every time. it's like scary. Yeah, like to, and What's so when lurking? you think of like, yeah, yeah. yeah. But yeah. I, there's part of me I've never been on a cruise. Yeah, but there's there's definitely a part of me I have a curiosity. I might, I mean, someday, but I, I, I don't know. I don't like to travel that way. I don't yeah. like a lot of people. Yeah, I don't like crowds. It's huge crowds of people. Yeah, but um, I might when you know in my silver years, I sure. might really be into it. You, you know what? Senior cruises, it's the way to go. I, I had a, I'd worked with this guy who, when he was young, you know, he grew up like really poor, mm-hmm. and when he got older and he made a lot of money, he actually took all of his family. He has a sisters or triplets. Mm-hmm. Um, they're super cool. Anyway. And he's like, we're going to Disney World. It's like a big thing, right? And I remember they went on a Disney cruise one year. He took his parents and his sisters and his wife. Mm -hmm. And he's like, we're doing a Disney cruise. And it was like the greatest thing ever. They were like so happy. And, you know, he showed, they took pictures of their food and stuff. And they had so much fun. He was like, it was the most fun ever. And I was, but he's also like a very outgoing person. Right. And like, I can't imagine. (laughs) I mean, you know, we went to Palau one time, you and I, and a friend of ours. Mm -hmm. And I like stayed in the hotel room the whole time. I was like, I'm just going to chill out here. And it was Palau, you know? 
I did that, but that's because I was like excited to sleep on a real bed and have hot, hot water. Yeah. yeah. And watch TV. And watch TV. Because yeah, I've been yeah, yeah. sleeping in sand for <laughs> yes. a year. Yes. No, but the, the, so I feel like I'm like that. But I took, we took our kids mm-hmm. to Disneyland. Yeah. And I think we went early enough in the summer that we missed like the rush, a big, you know, the real bad crowds. Right. Right. We were, right. We're still okay. Yeah. And the weather was good. It wasn't really hot. And I, you know, mm. we had a really nice time. Yeah. It was good. I mean, some of it was just kind of like, you know, lines and whatnots and expensive. Right. But I mean, but I feel like if you're on a cruise, like a whatever it is, Disney or what if they had a Harry Potter cruise? Oh my God, I would go. Okay. So what I'm saying <laughs> is the crowd is controlled. There's right. only that many people on the ship right, right, right. that you have to deal with. Yeah. It's not like when you go to the park and it just like can be insane. Everybody. Like a bazillion people, right? It is a little bit controlled. There can only be so many people. Yeah. And things are, to me, would function a little bit better than at the theme parks. I agree. If you're into it. I wouldn't do it, but I have kids. Right. I think the thing that uh, intrigues me about cruises is the all-inclusiveness of it. That you just like whatever you, you, you want to eat. To do and drink. You don't have to. You don't have to pay for anything. You know, like while you're there, you don't have yeah. to think about it. It's all like part of it. Yeah, I think there's something about that that is appealing to me. The mm-hmm. idea of just like I pay this one amount of money, mm-hmm. and then you do all the other stuff. Yeah, and everything everything's covered. Yeah, you can just hang out. Yeah. Well, you know, there's people who live on cruise ships. I have heard about this, and they're because of uh, the whole teleworking thing. Right. They just stay on them for however long. And they they telework. I'm like, <laughs> like call up our boss. Right. I'm all, hey, hey so. what's up? So, uh, <laughs> just gonna do some cruises. So it's fine, right? It's gonna be fine. <laughs> it's gonna be great. I got Wi-Fi. Like if you did it all summer and your kids mm-hmm. were just like playing and swimming, and you have like the amazing babysitters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're just working, just chilling out. I mean, you know, I think- go go to the buffet, get some food. I don't think I could go with my son, though, because I would be worried the entire time that he would fall overboard. <laughs> I, would just be, I would be worried about his, like, his he's too he's too tall and lanky. And you know? absent-minded. Yeah. Like, he's got that teenage, like, what? What? And what just be, like, you know? Yeah. And I, I would lose it. I would lose it. Yeah. So I'd have to go on, like, a singles cruise. Jen, there we go. <laughs> Finally. That's a good idea. <laughs> a singles cruise. Just tell my husband, I'm going on a singles cruise. Not for me. <laughs> it's for Megan. It's fine. <laughs> anyway, okay. So... I read this article about, I forget where I got it from. I, I read a couple different articles about surviving in the ocean. One of them seemed like kind of legit where I pulled this information from. And the other one was like a Florida, Florida-based website. There's something like funny about the name. I can't remember it okay. off the top of my head, but it's in the links. So okay. you guys can read it. But they both kind of talked about the same thing, that a lot of you surviving falling off of a cruise ship has to do with the temperature and the condition of the sea. And the sharks. Like, and the sharks. Uh, so the init- they say the there's this guy, uh, Dr. Simon Boxall. He is an oceanographer at the uni- University of Southampton. And he says, the initial few seconds are critical. If you fall from a great height, not only do you risk breaking a limb as you hit the water, but it will, all, it will also knock the air out of you and you can drown very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I guess I never really thought so much about that. You know, like... Those ships are huge. They're huge. Yeah. Yeah. So they say, uh, upon plummeting into cold waters, victims invariably go into what is termed cold shock response, as the abrupt fall in skin temperature prompts them to take an involuntary gasp, inevitably swallowing seawater and making them susceptible to drowning. That is what happens. And I was like, oh, God. Yeah, that's true. Like, you know, like if you get into the shower and it's like cold, like sometimes I accidentally put it on the wrong setting 
Mm-hmm. And then the shower comes at me instead of, because I like to hold the little handle thing mm-hmm. or like let the water run. But if I forget to flip the little switch that like, you know, like you're different. Anyway, this is, I'm talking too long about my shower, but. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of levers. A lot of levers. And yeah. so <laughs> sometimes the one that's right overhead yes. will come on. I'm like, <gasps> you know, like that's <laughs> yeah, exactly. It like frightens you. Yeah. Yeah. You, you fall off of cruise ship. Same thing. Right. Same, same. Totally the same. <laughs> I almost drown every day in my shower. <laughs> uh, according to P- uh, Portsmouth University professor Mike Tipton, a survival expert who co-wrote the guide Essentials of Sea Survival, 60% of deaths in cold seas occur in the first few minutes of entering the water. So even mm-hmm. if you're spotted going overboard, by the time the cruise ship turns around to retrieve you, it will be too late. A further 20% of victims succumb to hypothermia, which can set in after 30 minutes, and the final 20% die as they are being rescued, a surprising incidence that experts attribute to victims suddenly relaxing. Like you see the ship coming and you relax too much and then you die. Oh, I'm so like, you're not trying Maybe you're not enough. treading water enough or something and you end up drowning. I mean, you can float on your back. I mean, that's obviously... But if the, if the water's rough, that's going to be hard. That's going to be hard, yeah. yeah. So they say the temperature of the sea is a major key to survival. And not surprisingly, you stand a better chance of being rescued alive if you fall into the tropical Caribbean rather than the trilly, 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 Jesus Christ, rather than the chilly waters of the North Sea. Mm-hmm. As a rule of thumb, it is estimated that in waters of around 5 degrees Celsius, victims have roughly 60 minutes before hypothermia sets in. At 10 degrees Celsius, this doubles to two hours, and at 15 degrees Celsius, it extends to six hours. This website was definite. Oh, it's from the BBC. The BBC. I'm like, why is this all, like, English? <laughs> so, we don't do why. Celsius. Uh, it's from, the, I'm pretty sure it's from the BBC. Can you translate? <laughs> One of the biggest issues of survival is knowing what is going to happen to you, and that is quite normal. Remember that the cold shock response is normal and diminishes after a couple of minutes. Don't thrash about as that uses heat and energy. Just try to stay afloat. So you're right, Jen. And attracts Float. <laughs> yes. Yeah, try to float. Just relax. I would say that in any water situation when things go out of your control, Mm -hmm. it's just don't panic. Yeah. Just know that you can float. It's okay. Right? Yeah. You can just float. Just float. Yeah. Professor Tipton advises victims to prepare themselves before this happens by wedging or tying a flotation device to their body or swimming to a better position, but only using their legs as stretching out arms further cools your body. So just like kick. But I'm like, where would you get this flotation device? Well, you know, there's gonna... a lo- there's a lot you can wear that are really tiny oh. and you can like. So like you're just like on the ship. I just imagine people on the ship just wearing an orange ring. <laughs> <laughs> or no, wearing the orange one around their yeah. neck. Yeah, like just, the, just walking around. That would be me. Well, but I mean, you can have the ones that you wear around your waist. Oh, okay. And they, and they can I, just like. It's just like a belt. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That you, you can inflate it. I like this. I like this. Maybe I mean, does it come with a beacon too? That's what you need. That's honestly. It's a beacon. You want that beacon, a little GPS action. So when you go on your next year singles cruise <laughs> cruise, just walking around with a beacon uh, like think, on your belt buckle. And it's just like constantly beeping. <laughs> just <laughs> beep. Just beep. a beacon and a and a yeah. quick like inflatable like perfect. Yeah. It's also where I keep my cash. <laughs> like one of those cash belts and your keys with that <laughs> zips out like a janitor <laughs> oh i love all of that <laughs> that's so great 
He does say that those with nothing to clutch onto are advised to curl into a fetal position to conserve as much heat as possible using one leg to and insulate sink directly the to the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> no, <I know>. What? <laughs> he also says, likewise, keep your clothes on. They will help you float. I'm like, wait a minute. You're taking off. You're getting naked <laughs> immediately. <laughs> Just floating <laughs> in the fetal position. Yes. That sounds like Just surrender. Straight to, to the bottom. <laughs> Oh, good times. It's also worth noting that in waters of less than 25 degrees Celsius, it is better to stay still as you will lose more body heat uh, if you exercise to keep warm. So I guess if you're like like moving your arms and, you know what I mean? Well, you would have to to stay afloat. Right. What but, is so he talking float, about? I think what he's saying is you just need to float and not move so much. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so it says floating in calm seas greatly increases your chances of being spotted by rescue crews, while choppier seas will diminish this. Yeah. So I guess don't float in choppy waters, but also float because you don't want to move too much. But it's, also... It's okay. You're going to... 60 seconds in, you're already dead. It's fine. You know, right? <laughs> I mean, I hate to say it, but it's... If you fall off a cruise ship, it's what like you might chances? as well be falling off Grand Canyon. Agreed. I, it's not good. <clears throat> Uh, Dr. Boxall says, for rescue vessels, trying to find someone who has fallen over the side of a ship is really like tracking down a needle in a haystack. Yeah. Ooh. It's bad. Because, I mean, it, I mean, a lot of the survival stories we do, they're on a raft of some sort. Yes. Or something. They're not flo just floating in the ocean. Yeah, that... Yeah. That usually doesn't work uh, out. He says, unless you need to swim a short distance, it's better to float around until someone finds you. Women have an advantage... What, what? Because women generally have a higher level of subcutaneous body fat. We're more buoyant. Yeah, which makes us float better. Uh, because of this, they are less likely to suffer from exhaustion from swimming or treading water for hours. Whoa. Yeah. That's why you uh, need to have a little extra fluff. Right? The other thing they mention here is that for people who survive the first few terrifying minutes, so if you make it past the first few minutes mm -hmm. and you're not dead, mm -hmm. it's about keeping your spirits up. And I'm like, that is a theme in all of our things. I uh, mean, yeah, I guess. But I think it's also about just staying afloat. Sure. Which sure. I feel like you'd be real busy. You wouldn't be like, I'm fine. I'm, Everything's okay. Like looking at the sunny side. I feel like you would just be like, I need to calm down. I need to relax. I need oh, yeah. to float. I need to like, you know. I feel like in that moment, I would, if I were still alive, right? Mm -hmm. You make it past the impact. You make it past that first minute. You're sitting there. I would have to somehow compartmentalize the situation. Uh-huh. Like, to the point of not being able to remember any of it later on in life. Like, I would have to <laughs> completely black out what is happening and just yes. hope my body goes just into... Just go into, like, prime, primal, yeah, primal brain. Survival. Yes. Yeah. But Professor Tippin says, keep a positive mental attitude and don't give up. After all, in waters of 15 degrees Celsius, you may have six hours, which is a quite long survival prospect. Just remember not to relax, even when you're being rescued. So if you have your watch and you're in the seventh hour, you're just like, it's, it's over. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, I love how he's like, don't relax, but also stay calm. Which, I mean, I get it. Calm and relax are two different things. But right. also. Keep your clothes on. But <laughs> the fetal position. <laughs> just straight to the bottom. I'm pretty sure you need to. <clears throat> if I fell off of a cruise ship, I would want to fall in water that was like crystal blue. Like I could see to the bottom. Oh. Which, you know, that's not a thing that would happen on a cruise ship because then you wouldn't, the cruise ship wouldn't be able to be there. Yeah, right? it's, too, it's shallow. too shallow. That's like in, inside the reef. Yeah. Typically. But, I yeah, it's, I, I feel like they're just missing the whole shark thing right now. 100%. Like, why aren't they talking about it? So in the Florida uh, article, it does talk about sharks. 
and that there are dangers of uh, animals in the water. But I think, you know, we all kind of know that. We've talked about sharks a lot. There's not a lot you can do if you've been, you know... If they've seen you. If they've seen you. If they've yeah. zoned if in you've on been you. made. <laughs> it's it's, it's kind of over. Yeah. yeah it's done. Uh, do you want to hear one last story? Oh, of course. This is actually a good story. Okay. okay. Please. Uh, this just happened. A Royal Caribbean passenger who was rescued this week after falling overboard from the 10th deck of a cruise ship near the what? Dominican Republic was rescued by the U.S. Coast Guard. Officials were alerted to the rescue of a 42-year-old woman, an American citizen, at about 5.44 p.m. Sunday Uh, The Coast Guard said in a statement, the Mariner of the Seas cruise ship was about 27 nautical miles south of Punta Cana. That's how it's written. uh, On its way to Wilmstad, Krakow. Oh, God, that name again. When the passenger went overboard, the passenger was recovered alive and reported to be in good health after reportedly falling into the water from 10th deck of the ship. No medical evacuation of the passenger was requested by the cruise ship. The passenger was being kept on the cruise ship's medical facility and later transferred to the hospital in Caraco for evaluation. The ship and crew immediately reported the incident to local authorities and began searching for the guest. Thankfully, the guest was successfully recovered and was brought on board. Our care team is now offering assistance and support to them and their traveling party. Out of privacy for the guest and their family, we have no additional details to share. That's from the ship. Wow. Uh, the ship continued, so they rescued her, got back on, kept going. They're like, all right, let's go. We're doing it. Matthew Kuhn, who was on the cruise ship with his family, told WOFL-TV of Orlando, Florida, that he watched rescue efforts from his balcony. I think it was amazing to see everyone was on their balcony. Everyone was trying to help, and the crew was very receptive to everyone. Kuhn said that he didn't expect the passenger to be found alive and that he was pleasantly surprised uh, when he was wrong. Holy crap, they found her, and she's alive, is what he said to the TV station. Um, He declined to comment to NBC News on Wednesday, but shared some videos he posted on Twitter of the rescue efforts. Uh, In one of the videos, a small boat can be seen in the distance and people aboard the cruise ship are heard clapping, whistling, and cheering. I wonder how she fell off. Yeah. Tenth deck. That's pretty far. Yeah. So what I love about this story that is very different from Mm -hmm. the earlier stories Mm -hmm. is that the ship was like immediately responding. Yeah. Everybody on the ship knew about it. Everybody was looking for her. Yeah. Like imagine you're on a cruise with a a ton of people that's so many eyes well the thing is is that they knew she fell off yes so in these other cases they didn't know not yeah they're not sure yeah they didn't know for whatever reason what happened nobody heard it nobody saw anything but in this one apparently people heard and saw right because she was probably like "Ah!" (laughs) maybe she screamed or she or somebody somebody saw it and immediately alerted everybody my my theory is that she was having her happy hour cocktail yeah just like Taking a selfie. Yeah. Going to post it on Facebook. Right. Yeah. Just off the side. But she like made it. I also love that they were like, just put her in this medical facility on board. It's probably just like an extra room with a bed. Right. I just picture like the love boat and the doctor on the love boat. Oh God, yes. (laughs) Yes. I think that's why like I'm not, the idea of a cruise really creeps me out. But I think because I watched so many episodes of the love boat, Mm -hmm. I like also like the idea of a cruise. Oh, the love boat was great. The love boat. It was so good. Yeah. Pretty sure I hardly remember any episode, but I'm pretty sure I saw every episode. I was just yeah. really, really little. If you were to watch it now, you would be like, oh, yeah. Or I'd be like, oh, <laughs> <That's>... wow. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Anyway, do you want a top, let's see, best, worst cruise lines? 
This yes. Is, this is from MapQuest Travel. <laughs> okay. Uh, I, I trust that. Says, I trust I that love, source. I love this. It says, by freelance contributor. That's it. Well, uh, and who didn't used to, back in the day, go MapQuest? on the internet, oh, print, yeah. print that out. Print that out. Print and it that out. that was your roadmap. I did that. That's all you And you're had. just like holding, you know. And it was like way, because at the time, it was way better than an actual map. Yeah. Because actual maps were like a lot of work. Well, I had the ones, uh, they had a name. What was the ones where you flip the pages and you go to like the Oh, next... like an atlas? Not an atlas. It was like a small, it was like a book of the city. Oh. There's a name for them. <sighs> Somebody's yelling it. But yeah, you could go through and like find flip your county yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it was like a big thick book. And, and it would be like kind of like zoomed in parts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 That's how we used to navigate young people of today. <laughs> <laughs> with their, with their GPSs. <laughs> with their phones. <laughs> I guess, I guess too, probably would have been easy to find her if she like still had her phone and it was like kind of working. You know, maybe she had like find my phone or something. Do you maybe think she, she held onto her phone. I don't know. Maybe she, she falling maybe she had, the tent. Maybe she had on like a like a fanny pack or something. The phone was in there. I'm just maybe. saying. That's how I roll. It's the fanny pack across the chest. Yeah, maybe. Mm. All right. So the best is called Ama Waterways. They got a four point five. I think this you think is it's out of AMA five. or is it? Oh, no, it says it's AMA. AMA? It's, it's like, like a, it, capital A-M-A, capital W Waterways. Oh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're out of where? Uh, they are a leader in the river cruise industry. They have a fleet of 20 ships, which offer multi-day excursions through, throughout Europe, Asia, and Africa. Uh, if your idea of a cruise is one with less crowds, you'll enjoy the fact that Am, AMA Waterways, the largest ship, will only hold 164 passengers. That is the ship I want to get on. There you go. There it is. Yeah. So it's not a mega cruise liner. Uh, they are small and intimate. But is that good? Could that be like the Murders, murder, murder on the Orient, Orient Express? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I love how we think. The only drawback they can see is that the price is $3,000 to $4,000 for a seven-night cruise. But I mean, you, you pay for what you get. That's 4.5 stars out of five. They have comfortable, spotless staterooms and excellent service and dining. Okay, especially okay. if you're paying that much. Good God. Uh, the next Disney Cruise Line. Okay, okay. Are they? Are oh, they? Maybe. Maybe they're just not reporting people fine. So they got a 4.3, according to this freelance contributor. Widely regarded as one of the best family cruises in the world. This leader in family fun brings the magic of the Disney parks experience to the high seas with their fleet of four ocean liners. With sailing destinations including Alaska, Caribbean, Bahamas, Canada, and New England. I didn't even know you could cruise in Canada. California coast, Europe, Hawaii, Mexico, Panama Canal, and transatlantic. So I guess there are transatlantic Wow. Yeah. So CruiseLine.com awarded Disney Cruise Lines an excellent average of 4.3 stars out of five, with experts advising this cruise line is great for travelers with children, but probably less fun for romantic honeymooners. Yeah, because a bunch of screaming kids everywhere. (laughs) Just so much birth control. (laughs) (laughs) The next is Celebrity Cruise Lines, which I just feel like, really? I just, you always hear like bad things about Celebrity. Okay. Right? Like, aren't they the one that everybody got trapped on at one time? I don't know. I don't remember. I agree. Okay, so they got a 3.9, voted the best premium cruise line for seven consecutive years. So that's a lot. They have 10 ships and three class classes of ships, ranging in occupancy from 3,046 3, wow. uh, to the intimate 98-passenger Celebrity Expedition. That's with an expedition. Okay. Favorite destinations include Australia and New Zealand. Bermuda, Hawaii, Europe, Galapagos, and South America. I bet the Galapagos is the 98-passenger one. Probably. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's kind of cool. Let's see. Holland America is next with 3.8 out of 5. 
They have 15 spacious and comfortable mid-sized ships that offer more than 500 sailings each year. They include destinations on all seven continents in the world. Um, in April 2016, the cruise line is adding, uh, or they added a new 2,650 passenger ocean liner to their fleet. That's huge. But they've yeah. been cruising uh, for over 140 years. So and I think a lot of this is based on price, too. Like yeah. what you get for your money. For your, like the celebrity. and Yeah. Yeah. The next is Oceana Cruises. They get a 3.8. They were formed in 2002. They have five ships, including three former Renaissance vessels, which I don't... Oh, was that a... Was Renaissance a cruise line? I think so. That sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Is it like a Renaissance fair and you need to dress in the... <laughs> you have to, yeah, absolutely. Your Renaissance clothing. But they got... Mostly their positive reviews came from couples. So it's more of like a sophisticated couples, friends, cruise line. Okay. Sophisticated. Which is the best one for the silver travelers? <laughs> I need to know. I bet it's the AMA one because they oh, got the maybe. money for yeah, it. Yeah, because they got the money for it. It's, yeah. They're in retirement. Yeah. They can take a river cruise. That's right. There's a Royal Caribbean is next at 3.8. And then Princess Cruises, 3.7. And then let's talk about the worst. Oh, yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> Avalon Waterways is Ooh. one of the worst. Mm-hmm. It says, I mean, it still says they're like a leading European river cruise in the river cruise market. I don't know what that means. They say, if you want to travel Europe, seeing a different city each day and experiencing local sites, you may really enjoy. But if you want to make your own itinerary, follow your own timeframes and be in control of everything you see and do, this cruise line is not for you. What? I feel like all cruise lines are like that, though. Yeah. They they plan everything out. Yeah. Like you can't. Uh, They did get a .01 star rating oh um and avalon would have moved out of the worst category but um let's see with a 3.5 star rating on cruiseline.com it lands on the better side of our worst list complaints from passengers include such issues as slow wi-fi on board very noisy dining little independent exploration time during shore days and food that doesn't quite compare to that of large ocean cruises Mm -hmm. norwegian cruise lines Got a 3.4. Complaints here are the small size of cabin rooms, an excess of smoking areas on board, and too many specialty food restaurants that cost extra with little focus on food quality. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Did they say too many smoking areas? Yeah, too many. That sounds... (laughs) (laughs) Too many smoking areas. I'm sure some people from certain countries would love that. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That might be an American thing. Maybe they should go to Russia. The Americans are like... Norwegian cruise. There's too many smoking areas. Okay, then Viking River Cruises got 3.4 out of five stars. That makes me sad because I thought Viking River Cruises... Isn't that the one that NPR always talks about? I don't know. Yeah. they. It's a popular choice if you're looking to see the sites of Europe, Russia, Asia, or Egypt. And they got overall 3.4 star rating. And they say that... Some complaints were from passengers, including last-minute itinerary changes, small cabin rooms, and expensive rates. I mean, honestly, these aren't that bad. These just sound like Americans going someplace and not being cool with, like, a small Because they love to complain. Yeah. I'm like, right? And it's who's complaining. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I want to read these. I want to read these. This this next one, Costa Cruises, it says, The 3.2 star rating on CruiseLine.com is the result of reviews claiming staff can be unhelpful and even rude. Food is lackluster, and overall quality has decreased over the years. I love the word lackluster. Yeah. Such a good word. Oh, this is from Genoa. Oh, so it's like an Italian cruise line. Oh. They just don't take any, you know, crap from Americans. 
They're, yeah. It's American. Like, who's being rude? Like, actually? who's going who, what population is going on to cruiseline.com to make complaints? Yeah. I can already see. I can already see it in my mind's eye. <laughs> who's doing that? American Cruise Lines got a three star rating. They say for the price, the guests expect a lot, but unfortunately, it's just not there. Well, uh, but they're really small cruise ships. They range from 150 to 50 passengers, depending on the, the ship. Right. It's pretty small. Yeah. What else? MSC cruises? I haven't heard of it. What about the Carnival? Isn't that a big Car- one? Car- I think Carnival was up at the top. Did I was say it? Carnival? You said, no, you said the Celebrity. I said and the Holland eight. America, Oceana, Royal Caribbean. Disney. There's this one that's called Star Clippers. They were in the worst. It, they got three stars, but they're like tall ships with sails. They look like uh, pirate ships. It says a fleet of three tall ship tall ships sail the seas and allow guests to enjoy a true sailing experience combined with the comforts of luxury of the luxury of a modern cruise ship. Well, this experience definitely isn't for everyone, so it's important to do your research and decide if this is right for you, or you may end up like some of the unhappy passengers in the reviews who complained about the child unfriendly nature of the ships and the abundance of stairs and no elevators or the rocky motion of the ship causing seasickness. Okay, this is a pirate ship. Like it it looks like I don't know. I'm just gonna turn it. it oh yeah, 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 yeah. I see. This is yeah. This is like going back in time. Of course, there's no elevators on this ship. It's that's two where, rows of cabins. You're going there to see One-Eyed Willie. A hundred percent. Would I go on this kind of cruise? Yes. <laughs> Would you? I wouldn't yes. if it's going to be rocky and seasicky. I, I think I could handle it. I think I, I could I handle it. I don't like it. It just looks beautiful. I like the way it looks. I'm cool yeah. with no elevators. Yeah. But this the the seasickness. <laughs> that's I one think, thing I don't want. I don't want to be just be sick. I don't know. This this looks super cool. The other thing that I like about this ship is that there's no balcony. Nobody has a balcony. Oh, so you're not. So you're the not chance of falling off falling of this off. ship, yeah, is really low. Okay, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like you look at like a Caribbean or what, like they the or celebrity cruise, whatever. They they have like balconies mm-hmm. where you can just stand there, you know, and there's nothing right. between you and the ocean, right? Except for like a hundred feet of air. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think I would do that one. Anyway, all right, Jen, let's go to our organization to support okay okay, it's it's taken me such a long time this is the international cruise victims association this is internationalcruisevictims.org and they have a lot of stuff on here there's uh, information on victims like victim stories there's information on safety and education like what you should do before you get on a cruise Mm -hmm. uh looking into what kind of legislative actions protect you while you're on the cruise there's all sorts of Stuff from like there's congressional press releases, travel tips. There are books about cruise laws, which is wow. kind of cool. Yeah, there's a direct link to the the FBI and the U.S. House of Representatives. I'm just saying, there's got to be a pretty big issue if there's a whole organization, yes, devoted to it. Yes, I agree. Yeah, um, so you can donate to them. I think everybody should go check it out. They are saying together, we are making a difference. Since 2006, International Cruise Victims, Inc., ICV, has grown to include members around the world. Our all-volunteer staff is made up almost entirely of victims or survivors of tragic events which occurred on the course of a cruise voyage. Our goal is to contribute to growing a cruise industry where passengers and crew are safe from victimization by working with Congress and other agencies and organizations to improve or increase standards, regulations, laws, and justice. So go check them out. Especially if you're going to go on a cruise. Especially I would if say. you're going to go on a cruise. Yeah. Like, 
Know your know your rights. Know what's up, just yes. in case anything happens. They also offer victims a community of belonging and a voice with which they might share their stories while providing assistance to other victims as they each, uh, in turn, seek to recover from the injustices they have experienced. They also talk not just about people who fall overboard. They also talk about crimes, like mm-hmm. uh, sexual assault, like all yeah, kidnapping, that kind of stuff. Right. So. Right. Wow. Yeah, be safe when you go on a freaking cruise. Yeah, and I think for any travel, you yeah. know, just like know where you're going, know yes. the what could the possibilities of what could happen and just make sure you're informed. That's yeah. it, right? I agree. Just just plan plan a little bit. Get a beacon. <laughs> Get a beacon. Yeah. Put it and on a, your head. And a little safety belt. Wear five beacons. <laughs> Get something <laughs> implanted under your skin. Just something. Speaking and of. A, a beacon implant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, there's a good uh, emergency preparedness. I was going to Sammy. Sammy's like, that sounds good. Sammy's like losing her mind right now. She Sorry. Just in the background. Rah, rah, rah. So much noise. So much noise. She just wants to lay here with a bone. Saber is not letting it happen. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's a good under the skin. Yes. Implant. Uh, emergency. Be- a beacon implant. <laughs> beacon implant. I yeah. like it. All right. That's it. Let's go with it. That's uh, that's just presented itself. <laughs> it did. I feel like a beacon implant TM. Like maybe we're going to invent that. Yeah. Beacon implant. Mm-hmm. No maybe matter you, where you go. Maybe you get it installed. You'll in your, get found. Maybe you get it installed in your molars. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, like, what if you lose a limb? Well, I mean, what if it's just installed, like, in your butt? <laughs> I mean, I just feel you're like... You're not going to lose your butt. I feel like... If you lose your butt, you're <laughs> I mean, probably not going to make right? it. Like, so either torso or in your teeth, right? Because if, mm-hmm. you, if your head is not attached to anything else, then... So okay. when you go on that singles cruise and you get some action, some hot action, <laughs> yeah. they're like, what is oh, this on your... But you turn out out the light, it's just like it's like (laughs) blinking, like lighting up. They're like, like, Wow, kinky. You're like, That's my beacon implant, (laughs) as a matter of fact. It's to keep me safe. (laughs) So when I fall, it's about safety. When or if I fall overboard, yeah, I can be found. They ask, and I'll be like, Well, I have this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good times. Anyway, that's my like creepy stories, slash, you know. Be, be safe when you go on cruises. Yeah. No, thank you for that. I've actually read... I, there's times I've read stories about cruise ships and things that have happened that I've thought about an episode because right. it yeah. is... You just never know. You never know, Jen. Sammy. Good grief. <sighs> All right. She's really getting antsy. <laughs> All right, Jen. Thanks Hope for that story. It. You're welcome. I loved it. All right. You're Gonna Die Out There is produced by us, Jen and Megan, and edited by the talented and super nice guy, Jonathan Pillsbury. Thank you, Jonathan. Yay. Yay. Uh, All of this is possible because of an amazing group of Nature Nerd patrons. If you would like to be part of our super cool nerd community on Patreon, just go to our website at you'regonnadieoutthere.com or you can check our link tree on our Instagram page, which is kind of amazing. It is. I'm sorry. But it is. Uh, another way you can support is by leaving us a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Uh, if you do, Jen will send you a really kick-ass sticker. You just have to send us your mailing address. I will do it. If I forget, hey, if you left us a review and I didn't send you a sticker, send us an email. Let me know. Just let me know. Uh, also, we would love to hear from you. We get a lot of our stories from listener suggestions. A lot. We kind of steal them. All the time. Yeah, Um, because they're so good. So if you would like to do that, go to our website. We have a contact page at you're going to die at there.com or an email. 
you're going to die out there at gmail.com. And at the beginning of the episode, we give you a shout out. (laughs) Thanks for listening. And until next time, don't die out there. Bye. Bye. Bye.